So the key thing I'm trying to bring out is that no matter what job I have, um, I'm going to be black. And I'm going to be black when I don't have a job anymore. But what I'm not going to do is disrespect uh, the ancestors that worked really hard to try to enfranchise us when other people are trying to disenfranchise us. And we have gone through a lot in this country as black people. So I have brought that that background. I have brought not just, okay, I'm black in America, but literally a whole degree, a whole African-American studies degree to the table and try to like illustrate on many accounts in many news markets. That was Nikki Mayo of Nikki Mayo News. I'm Sajal Govindarao. Welcome back to Getting to the Bottom of It, the Hatchets News podcast. Mayo was among four other Black journalists on a panel this week discussing advocacy versus objectivity in the newsroom. So this week, as we are nearing the end of Black History Month, we will be talking about this evolving discussion on race coverage and what objectivity looks like in that capacity. The panel consisted additionally of Keith Woods, Chief Diversity Officer at NPR, Darlene Superville, White House Reporter for the Associated Press, and Philip Lewis, Front Page Editor for HuffPost, and was moderated by Jesse J. Holland, Saturday host of Washington Journal on C-SPAN. The biggest point established during this discussion was that objectivity in news does not truly exist. Identity and background are factors that inherently impact one's coverage. One of the first points Mayo made was that in her experience as a Black woman, she has had to check her Blackness or her womanhood at the door in the name of objectivity. There are efforts to disenfranchise voters. There are efforts to um, cut certain people out of the school board. There are efforts to uh, withhold funds from a local school district that just happens to be predominantly African-American or a minority. And the amount of headbutting that I experienced in all these different shops is the reason why I am literally always building my own news organizations. I'm tired. I got, I got really tired of it. It's not me being an activist. It's me bringing the knowledge that I already have, the experiences that I'm very aware of, to the newsroom. And then the question becomes, well, what happens when you present that like, um, you know, he was saying earlier, when you present that to your manager, if they're telling you, well, that's just your opinion, like, no, we have documented factual um, evidence from history dating well beyond the civil rights movement, straight up into, like, right, they're killing down Reconstruction. But if they're not going to listen to you, What this panel points out is that this is actually harmful to negate parts of one's identity if they are covering a community they belong to. Darlene Superville talked more about this. The knee-jerk reaction shouldn't necessarily be, oh, no, you can't cover that because this happened to you. We talk a lot about diversity in newsrooms, right, and diversity in the news coverage and the way we cover stories. And someone who is a victim of whatever can bring something to the coverage of that story. And they might be able to um, have different insights. Uh, they might be able to think of, think of the story and think of story ideas in ways that someone who was not victimized in that same way can. And so that brings something to the discussion, to the newsroom discussion, to the storytelling. So it, 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 there are a, a couple of different angles to answering that question. 
So diversity is something that needs to be built into the entirety of a newsroom, not just from minorities or those with identities who have been historically marginalized. For example, the burden should not be placed on black journalists to cover all race related issues because it prohibits diversity from being ingrained into an entire staff. Vicki Mayo discussed how it should be up to the reporter's discretion whether they are comfortable or not covering a topic, not necessarily the management decision assessing a quote conflict of interest. You know, I think the best example is um, I prefer not to cover sexual assault cases. I'm a sexual assault survivor. So I honestly will tell my bosses that in, a, in an effort to like, can I not, if, can I do anything else? I will go to council again. I will, I will sit in city hall, whatever else I can do to, to avoid those particular stories. I'm being very consistent with that though. Uh, but yeah, uh, the assumption though, again, the assumption based off of race, assumption based off of gender or how you identify no that should not be the reasoning for taking anybody off of a story but if a person is very open about they're not comfortable covering something because they're way too close to connected to something it's just like uh the conflict of interest that we normally do with our bosses that a little bit uh realizing that you do need to disclose certain things about you know your personal lives when it comes to covering news or else you'll mess around and break ethical um rules here so it poses the question, if a reporter has an understanding of their identity intersecting with their worldview and thus their reporting, where should an editor claim a conflict of interest? Darlene discusses financial matters as an example of this. The other thing, though, is where you have financial conflicts of interest, right? Maybe you're assigned to cover some company and you're a, you hold 95% of their stock or something like that, right? That is something that you don't want because there's generally no way that you can be fair covering a company like that, let's say if they've done something wrong, right? But for the most part, I do, I, I do think it should be up to the reporter. Um, again, if they, if they feel they can't um, be fair about something. And issues arise when reporters actively allow their biases to get in the way of fact-based reporting by not asking certain questions, as you will hear Woods discuss. Um, you don't know what is in my life. You have no idea what life I've led when you send me out to cover uh, a story. Um, and and, and you, have, you have no idea what my opinions might be on any of the things I'm getting ready to, to cover. Uh, so the, the, the idea that we somehow can maintain some myth of, of that kind of pure distance is, it, it's just silly on its face. And these examples, I mean, I, you, you had the example in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette of the black reporter who couldn't cover the Black Lives Matter stories because she she said something or tweeted something um, about... A kidney says he's not fair to something. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you look at that and say, um, as, as happened when the first um, marriage licenses were being issued in, uh, in San Francisco and gay reporters were barred from going to... Um, to cover it because they had applied to be married. In, in each one of these cases, the assumption is that the, the different person is the one with the bias and everybody else is completely opinionless about these things. That a straight person can cover um, gay marriage because they have nothing at stake here. They've got no opinions on those things. And it's just, it's silly on its face. Uh, but it, it, if you are in power, and have the ability to to enforce those kinds 
of rules and whatever the dominance the dominant force is in that newsroom whether it's men whether it's straight men whether it's straight white men whatever the the the, uh, the reality is those are going to be the the the, uh, the the values that um that rule in this notion of objectivity it's never it's never objective uh, and so our work is to to recognize that we have that point of view and report through it uh where we fall short i think a lot of times is is where you have people who won't ask the question because they disagree with the idea and there i think we start to fail uh the public so overall newsrooms are becoming more conscientious of what fair coverage of race looks like as the panel talked about but it really ties to debunking this misconception of quote advocacy journalism because in reality integrating identity into one's perspective as a reporter enhances the fact-based nature of the piece that's all we have for you today i'm sejal govindarao we'll see you next week